for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. If you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams. Now celebrating 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams is the originator of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort, as its ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are each made with premium materials. Get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code PODCAST15. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Highway to Hoover podcast. We're glad you're here. I am your host, Joe Healy, joined, as always, by my podcast partner and partner on SEC Extra, Mark Etheridge. And uh, folks, we're here to do some honest-to-goodness season preview content. Believe it or not, uh, we are here. Um, I can tell it's almost college baseball time because it is unseasonably cold outside where I'm at. Um, and that's usually the first sign that college baseball is right around the corner is that it's super cold and uncomfortable outside because that's that's the way our sport tends to work. So um, before we get going here, we are previewing the Alabama Crimson Tide today. Mark and I are going to, over the next couple of weeks, preview all 14 SEC teams and their individual podcasts. Today we're going to talk about Alabama, but first I have to let you know that the Highway to Hoover podcast is brought to you by Brock's Gap Brewing Company in Hoover, Alabama. We are super excited about this partnership with Jamie Cato and, and the guys over at Brock's Gap Brewing Company. We have a lot of exciting stuff coming up with them, uh, a lot of which we can't quite announce just yet because we got to cross some T's, dot some I's, and things of that nature, but just know that we're excited to be working with those guys. Um, I would tell you exactly where Brock's Gap Brewing Company is, but I think the easiest way to tell you is that if you're at the Hoover Met, you are basically there. It is a brewery more or less in the parking lot of the Hoover Met. Really cool space. Uh, I'm looking forward to spending time there uh, while we're at the SEC tournament. I know Mark is as well. Um, that'll be a really cool deal. Um, Mark, we are here. It is season preview time. Uh, how ready on a scale of uh, ready or not, I guess, are you for the season to be here? Oh, yeah. I am. I'm so fired up for this season. Uh, the SEC, I mean, all 14 teams have legitimate reasons to, you know, they have hope, right? I mean, you, everyone has their own level that they're trying to reach. For some of them, it's the national championship. Some of them, it's another trip to Omaha. Some of them, you know, it's it's a regional consideration. Some of them just want to make it to, to, to Brock's Gap, right, and, and make it to Hoover. <laughs> So I, I think everyone's got their own their own levels, and this time of year, there's so much excitement trying to to understand. Okay, what needs to happen? What are the most important parts of of our team, our strengths, our weaknesses? You know, what 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 needs to happen for these clubs to be successful? So uh, it, it'll be exciting to to kind of go over that. You know, you and I go over those those attributes for each team over the next few few weeks, and also. Take us right into right into game week because you know it's not going to be not not much longer now. We'll, we'll be playing games. Absolutely, as we record, a little more than three weeks away. Can't wait for it to get here. Let's uh, let's jump into the tide. So the format for these episodes, I'm going to give a quick rundown of the team and their performance the previous year. 
Uh, then we're going to talk about what we like about each team, the question marks we have for each team, and then kind of we're going to concoct a scenario of what needs to go right for this team to be the best version of itself. So um, just a quick recap on Alabama last year, 31-27 and 27 overall, went 12-17 and 17 in SEC regular season play, uh, did not make the postseason despite their record being uh, about what it was the previous year when they just snuck into regionals in 2021. However, this preseason, we have them ranked number 20 in the country. I'll let Mark bat lead off on this one. Mark, what do you like about yeah. the Tide? Well, as as someone that the kids would call an old, um, Alabama <laughs> is very old. They have a lot of experience. They have guys who have been through the SEC wars. They're not going to get surprised by, you know, SEC velocity and, and, and raucous environments and things like that because – just about all of them have been there before. Um, that's the first thing. I, I think the other thing to point out is, you know, th- they have their Friday starter back, Garrett McMillan. They have their uh, Saturday starter, uh, McNary back. And they may not be the, the best pitchers on the team now because, you know, Garrett Hitt, Ben Hess have made huge jumps. And, and then you got Riley Quick, the freshman, that, they, that they're really high on. I mean, this could be a team with, with elite kind of pitching and that's, that's been the the missing, you know, the missing attributes. So those are probably the two things I'm most, uh, you know, I feel, I feel one of their strengths. Yeah. You hit on something there. I mean, Grayson hitting Ben Hess, like if they, if they are as good as the stuff suggests they can be, and as good as the word out of Tuscaloosa this fall, this past fall was you're in a situation where to your point, you know, McMillan, you know, I, you know, he's probably still a part of the mix in the weekends just because he's, he's a, he's a grinder. He's a battler and his stuff is, 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 is still pretty good. But you know, you, you have guys like McNary that are, I don't want to say an extra part. That's, I don't mean that to be derisive. Just, you know, if he's your Tuesday guy, like, man, you're in really good shape. So I'm with you on that one. I would add to that. What I like about the tide is that one through nine in their lineup, they just have really good college baseball players. They, you know, every spot in the lineup on paper, is either proven or is someone who brings something particular to the table. So, you know, there are guys who run and there are guys who can hit the ball out of the ballpark. There's, you know, guys who handle the bat. Well, there's guys who can do some combination of those. They, they return seven starters from last year. Um, and they add to that Mac Gassetti behind the plate, mm-hmm. Florida transfer. So that moves Dominic Tamez to more of a DH role perhaps. Um, and they add Ed Johnson from Tennessee tech. Uh, to take over at third base. Um, now, one of the other knock-on effects of that is that Ed Johnson played shortstop at Tennessee Tech. And so now they, they've kind of got an infield that has three shortstops. You got Ed Johnson, you got Jim Jarvis, who is at their actual shortstop. And then at second base, you have Bryce Eblen, who has played second base for the Tide, but he's a shortstop quality athlete, I would say, and qual- shortstop quality defender. So, you know, they're really good defensively. It's the same thing in the outfield. They have three guys who could probably play center field if push came to shove. So I really like the lineup is just a lot of solid guys from, from top to bottom. So um, I think that's the word for Alabama too is, is solid. So let's, let's talk a little bit about where we have questions. Mark, where do you, where do you feel like your questions are with this team? Well, I guess it's the, from an offensive standpoint, who are, you know, who's the high end talent? Who are the guys that, that, Pitching coaches are going to really be concerned about. Maybe it's Andrew Pinckney. I mean, he certainly has shown 
shown flashes and, and has improved as much as, as anyone who's been through that program in quite a while. And, and But if it's not him, right, would, who, who, who else could it be? And that would be the concern for me is, is, yeah, this is the best lineup on paper that they've had in a while. I mean, they had years where, you know, they would have liked to play with six batters, you know, or seven batters instead of nine. And, and now they're, they're going to have nine and they're going to have guys off the bench, you know, that are legitimate threats. But the question is, who's going to be that elite guy? And, that, and that's, you know, that, that, that's what they have to figure out. So, I, you know, I think you and I are in agreement here. Um, that, that's my question is, is can a team that doesn't on paper have star power? Like, what's the ceiling for a team like that, right? I, I, I've said this before. Some, I was on a podcast the other day, and uh, shout out to Chase Parham, who covers Ole Miss. I was on his podcast, and he, he asked me to kind of give, me, give him the elevator pitch on Alabama, and I said they might, of the teams in the, let's just call it the middle class of the SEC, of the teams in that group, like their floor might be as high as anybody just because mm-hmm. you, you kind of know what you're going to get with everybody, right? Like, but I'm not sure what their ceiling is. You know, can they be better than 500 in the conference? Can they be better than 16 and 14 in, in the regular season? To me, that's it. And if they, if they get a star turn from somebody, if Andrew Peaton, takes another step and, and that's what his career has been to, to your point is just kind of a, a series of gradual steps of getting a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. If there's more in the tank for him, um, he could be that that superstar guy. But that that's kind of my question there. And I think um, my other thing is that, and I think Hit and Hess kind of help answer this question. Plus, quick like that get that guy to bullpen Zane Probst and Aiden Moza, a couple transfer relievers. But you know, last year the pitching staff didn't miss very many bats, and they mm-hmm. they they were a very competitive pitching staff. Like they really battled out there every time, and you know they dealt with some injuries and things of that nature. And so that kind of hamstrung them a little bit, but while they, like I said, while they battled, they didn't really, they didn't really dominate games. They were finished next to last in the sec and strikeouts. And can they, can they miss more bats this time around? Because while that's not the be all end all, um, you know, in a league like this, with this much offensive talent, reducing the number of times the ball is put in play can only be helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the ball can't go out of the ballpark when you throw it by a guy. So, um, can they do that a little more often because that does kind of reduce the number of variables, um, you know, for the opposition if they, if they don't put the ball in play. So, um, okay. So let's, let's wrap up here, this Alabama preview episode by talking a little bit about the scenario in which this team is the best version of itself. So Mark lay out kind of what a couple of key things are that you think need to happen for this team to be, um, you know, the, the, as I said, best version of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, I think I would start in the bullpen. You know, remember, two years ago, Alabama had Chase Lee, who was just a, a lockdown closer. And last year, they, you know, they, they tried several guys, and it just never really, never really materialized. And you know, in finding a closer, it's not just you know a guy who throws hard. It, you kind of have to have the right mindset. You have to be able to handle the pressure. You have to be able to pitch with men on base. Um, and, and, and not get flustered when things don't go your way because the margin for error is so small. That's where, you know, Alabama has, has got to find that guy. And maybe it's, you know, maybe it's Riley Quick. He's a you know, football guy. He's a physical guy. He's like a 6'5", 260-pound, you know, offensive lineman. Um, he, he, you know, he certainly fits the, the build. Does he have the mentality to come in and close games? Or maybe it's someone else. Right. But I think that's the key, because 
Alabama lost a lot of close games last year, and a lot of that was attributed to to not being able to hold leads. And and for me, that's that's the key for them this year because they look to be better offensively. They look to have a, a stronger rotation. Okay, how about closing those games out? And in this league, everybody you're going to get a you're you're going to get a, a push at the end of the game. Can you get those last uh, three to six outs? That, that sometimes sometimes that was their detriment a year ago. That's a good call. I mean, it's also one of the places where, you know, this Alabama team doesn't have a lot of roster turnover from last year. A couple pieces in the in, in the lineup, most notably Zane Denton, who transferred to, to Tennessee, their starting third baseman, middle of the order guy. But other than that, I mean, really the place they did lose guys was kind of in the back of the bullpen because while there was a lot of shuffling going on there, their two best guys arguably were, were Dylan Ray and, and Brock Guffey. And those guys are both gone. And so they, it's not only that last year was a little bit of a struggle at times. It's also that, okay, the two, two of the guys that they did land on and trusted more than others are now also gone. So it, it does feel a little bit like they are starting fresh in that, in that regard. Um, I will see that and then raise you, you know, Hit and Hess, but particularly Grace and Hit, I feel like need to be real guys at the front of the rotation because I think that just kind of takes a little bit of pressure off of everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So if one or both of those guys become guys who can consistently give you six or seven and keep your team in the ball game every time out, you're obviously minimizing the number of innings that go to the bullpen. That's one. But also are, are putting your team in a situation where they're not having to score six or seven runs every game to to try to win ball games, and so I think that can kind of just ease the pressure on on everybody. So I think if they're in a situation where one or both those guys are, are really um, workhorses in the rotation, I think they're in really good shape. Especially when you you consider you kind of know what you're going to get from from McMillan and to a certain degree McNary. Um, so those guys are kind of the variables there. And the other thing I think is that who takes a step in the lineup? If everybody returns and is just the same kind of player they are, the lineup will be fine. But I think it will just maybe kind of be fine. Um, so for, to be the best version of themselves, whether it's Pinckney or someone else, like I, I think there's someone is going to need to play above and beyond what they were what they were last year. Someone who can carry an offense for for a stretch. Drew Williamson's a guy, a name we haven't said, but real big power at first base. Like he hit nine home runs, I think last year, can he get to 12 to 15 and uh, be on that kind of level of production and be that kind of guy. So that, that's the other thing. If, if the rotation has a little bit more stuff this year with hit and Hess, and if they, a star emerges in the, in the lineup and, and to your point, if the bullpen gets sorted early on, um, I think we, I think we figured it out. I think that is the best version of the Alabama Crimson Tide. And, you know, let's, let's face it. I mean, in the sec, you know, it's not like you have to win 22 sec games to host a regional, right? I mean, you can host a regional with 16 sec wins in some cases. So the the gap between what Alabama was last year and being in a position where they could host a regional is not 10 wins. It's four, you know, or five. (laughs) So, and then don't lose midweek games. (laughs) <laughs> Bingo. And, and that, that's another great point and about the stretching Alabama your team. staff out, you know, yep. you have McNary pitching some of those. So Right. And that, that's something, I, you know, I think you and I talked about this on the last episode, perhaps, or maybe it was a conversation with someone else. I don't know. It's They all run together. But, is you know, this Alabama team is old enough, to your point, that 
it probably isn't a team that's going to just drop a bunch of midweek games um, because they, I think they understand the value of each and every win and that they're playing with a lot of pride. So I do think that is an advantage for Alabama is that they're not going to do something silly like, you know, drop back-to-back midweek games to some team with an RPI of 185. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that is, that's all good news there. So that will do it for the first preview episode here on the Highway to Hoover podcast, previewing the Alabama Crimson Tide. Look for the rest of the SEC coming up in uh, alphabetical order, frankly, because Mark and I, that's just the way we can organize it easily, is to do it in alphabetical order. Uh, so, so look for that on SEC Extra. We appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.